Hey, Dr. Mike here. So if you want to live forever-ish, you have to know what's in and what's not. Stay tuned to find out. You're listening to Live Forever-ish, a show dedicated to helping you live just a little longer. Here's your hosts, Dr. Mike and Dr. Crystal Gosser. All right, welcome to Live forever So today, Dr. Crystal, the ins and outs of Living Forever-ish. <laughs> My favorite show yes. of the month. I really I like do. this show. I like it too because it's quick. It's to the point. Here's do these, don't do this. Yes. Type of thing. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So let's get right into this. Oh, by the way, living forever ish, um, I don't know. For us, it means it's not just longer, it's no. stronger, healthier, vibrant. Better quality of life yeah. as you uh, get into your older years. You know, still being able to do what you want to do when you're 80 and 90. Right. I, w- I want to travel, especially yeah. with people retiring later and later in yeah. life. You still you st- want I, to be yeah. able to see the world. Yeah, get out there, right? Yes. All right. So that's what we mean by live forever. Is. All right. So let's get right into this. Um, it, number one, has to do with the kidneys. Right. And it has to do with with the fact that if you want to live forever ish, you need good kidneys. Yes. The kidneys, they're all about filtering out junk. Junk. We got. (laughs) And they start working harder and harder and harder as you get older. And they, they, their function or their ability to work is diminished when you have diabetes. And so that's what this is all about. Yeah. yeah. And and you could argue, because we've done shows on just sugar itself that. You know, even just slightly excess sugar could start having some damage to kidneys, especially way over time, right? So it's not, it may not even just be diabetes, pre-diabetics, that kind of stuff as well. Yes, you do see that. Um, my dear uncle, late Uncle George, um, Uncle Joe, who's George? <laughs> I do have an Uncle George, too. <laughs> I have an Uncle George. Uh, but Uncle Joe, you've heard me talk about him. Uh, yeah, he, I yeah. used to care for him, and he had a nephrologist. And I developed a great relationship with his doctor, uh, his kidney doctor. And the doctor said that the people who come in that he see the most are diabetics and people with uh, hypertension yeah. that just had, they're just not controlling. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so what do you do when you're dealing with diabetic kidney disease? Um, and we know that up to 40 percent of patients with type two diabetes develop. I mean, that's a lot. Kidney You're, disease. That's millions and millions and millions of people with kidney disease. When you think it's, about it. Yes, and uh, and and I don't know. Do you know anyone who's dealing with this? I have some family members. I, I don't have any personal family members, but uh, you know, remember after radiology, I went into internal medicine for a while, mm-hmm. and the most common people we saw were di- people with diabetes and, and related issues. I mean, we saw all the time. From bad kidneys to bad toes to bad brains. Right. It doesn't resonate with individuals until it's too late. Yeah. That's the, the other part is where they really start realizing they're having to go in for dialysis three times a week. Yeah. And that, please don't wait to, that's not the time to start thinking about health. It really isn't. Although, God bless people that are on it. It works. That's great. Um, but so let's bring this back now to a specific nutrient, right? So, so in number one is, hey, healthy kidneys. And how do we keep our kidneys healthy? Even with diabetes, you wanted to talk about curcumin. Yes, uh, 2021 uh, meta-analysis, which is thought to be the first meta-analysis of randomized controlled trials to analyze the effects of curcumin supplementation on diabetic kidney disease. 
it was published in uh, Evidence-Based Complementary and Alternative Medicine, and yep. it evaluated five trials involving 290 patients. That, and that's a good, uh, let's real briefly remind people, that that's a good journal, right? Like that, this isn't in some podunk journal written in someone's garage. I mean, this is a, this is a peer-reviewed, highly respected journal, right? And and so the average age of the patients was sixty. And one thing I had to dig, and with meta-analysis, sometimes you do have to dig a little bit to look at the trials that they mm-hmm. included. That they picked. Yeah, because yeah, I wanted to know how much curcumin were they. The, the participants taking. Very good question. <laughs> is this something where it was just a survey and they just said, yes, no, I take curcumin. Um, and we do have that information. Three of the trials uh, use curcumin capsules at doses from about 320 to 1,670 milligrams per day. Okay. Some pretty high doses. One study used curcumin capsules at about 66 milligrams per day. And okay. then another trial used nano curcumin. So, oh, that's different. Well, it's right, not at, different, but we can talk about right, that. But at about 80 milligrams a yeah, day. Yeah. So, um, so those are good doses. It's nice that they that we have that information. Kind of high. I think the average person probably doesn't need that much curcumin. But, right. but we're talking about diabetics with kidney disease, right? Yes, well, on that higher end. But you typically see a curcumin, a good curcumin uh, dose is around four, 500 milligrams, yeah. something like that. What were the results? Uh, well, th- that's the good part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a decrease in creatinine. Uh, okay, you gotta explain as, that. Yeah, so well, creatinine is a byproduct of kind of muscle breakdown, that's what right? It is. Yeah, and your kidneys have to filter it out. Yeah, there's, 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 it's, it's, it's a standardized way to look at kidney function because the amount of um, creatine that is produced um, is very consistent. Mm-hmm. And so there's a consistent amount that you expect to find in blood and urine, right, if the kidneys are working well. Mm-hmm. The minute you see a little bump up, that tells you right there something's not right. Okay, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a standard release. Yeah, you and, and you see that kind of parallel with the uh, EGFR, which is kind of the filtration rate right. um, with the kidneys. They kind of go go hand in hand. Uh, but what was also nice about the, the uh, results was – Along with creatinine, there were improvements in total cholesterol, glucose, and blood pressure compared to the placebo. Yeah, that's and that makes sense. I mean, you're you're well. The total cholesterol is interesting, <laughs> um, but you know, with healthier kidneys, blood pressure should improve. I mean, I think that makes sense to me. So that's good to see. Um, glucose, yeah, total cholesterol, interesting. Yeah, well, you can think about the how curcumin can ease inflammation, manage inflammatory responses in the body. I think it it overall leads to better metabolic health. Yeah, I take curcumin every day. Oh, I take it. No, I only take it when my joints hurt after I've been running. (laughs) Oh boy, no, I take it every day. It's one of my. It's been one of my go tos probably for the last ten years. Yeah, well, I take it. You know, when when I feel like. I'm inflamed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that is in number one. Healthy kidneys, even if you're a diabetic, and curcumin may help. That's How's right. That? All right. Let's go to in number two. Bok choy. Bok choy. I love Chinese that. cabbage. Love it. love it. Oh, it's so good. 
it's uh, wonderful. But you only it's only associated with, you know, Asian dishes. And I don't know why we don't make it more often. We don't. Yeah. I mean, a lot of teriyaki type dishes mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, you know, one of my favorite restaurants, they make a wonderful bok choy all by itself, like as an appetizer. Oh, really? So, it has like a, like a teriyaki flavor. Oh, I was wondering if it's kind of... <laughs> He's hungry. You're making me hungry, Dr. Mike. Well, why are we talking about it? Why is it an in? Wow, it's ranked the sixth most nutrient-dense food based on um, the aggregate nutrient density index. Now, this Wait, is what not number? A, What number? Number six. six. Whoa. I would have never... That's pretty. That's pretty good. I know. <laughs> uh, so it's an index developed by Dr. John Furman. It's not as popular. Um, I had to look up the index to kind of gather what it was all about. But uh, it shows how popular foods, about 72 foods, stack, stack up, up yeah. in terms of micronutrient density. And gotcha. I thought that was pretty cool because yeah. it's not just looking at vitamins and minerals. Oftentimes when you look at the, the USDA's definition, of something that's nutrient dense is looking at vitamins, the very, minerals, the basic that, stuff all the time. Yeah, this this, exactly. take, this this takes a little deeper dive in what actually might be in there. Exactly, and looking I, it, at some of the polyphenol antioxidants and as it, well. It looks like it's you know bok choy is in pretty good company here, right? You got kale. That's number I, one. That's number. So I, I'm assuming maybe these are in order: kale, yes, collard greens, mm-hmm. number two, mustard greens, number three, watercress. That's interesting. And Swiss chard. And then and then after that is our um, bok choy. Bok choy. So I said, hey, I need to find some bok choy and find some good recipes. Usually just chop it up when I've uh, uh, prepared it. And I just saute it. I don't put the teriyaki uh, yeah. sauce or anything like that on it. Just some olive oil, some salt and Sounds pepper. Good. I like the Sounds so good. I like the part, the, the white part. That's that's the you part I like them. the most. You can grill them. Oh, really? Yeah, you can just play them right, right. Mm. You know, get, I don't know, I'm starting to get hungry. I can't talk. <laughs> you, you, you just lay them right down on the on the grill and just kind of put some oil on them and just let them let them go. Maybe this weekend. Mm, yeah, Might that sounds good. good. But everything on that list. I love kale, collard greens, mustard greens. Oh yeah. <laughs> This is good stuff. And that's something I was introduced when we moved from California to Texas. Oh, collard, collard greens, greens oh, with oh, barbecue? Everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> and I was like, when you first see it, you're like, what is that? Oh, no. Well, you know, I'm from Savannah, Georgia. Yeah, collard yeah. greens. You grew that's up with them. Every day, all day. Yeah. And mustard greens. Not as much mustard, more collards, but my grandmother used to make mustards all the time. Yeah, collard greens is the most one. But I remember once, you know, I had them every time we went. Yeah, very big with, you know, in other places, with you, you go to barbecue joints, it's, it's like the baked beans and stuff like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Now, that's still there too in the Texas barbecue joints but the collard greens and we would always get the collard greens like we forget the beans and everything so mm. good um, but the bok choy contains quercetin we know that's that's a nutrient kind of a hot nutrient right now yeah. to help with seasonal support reducing inflammation and it's also rich in sulfur containing compounds which have you know research uh, supporting or protection against cancer yeah sulfur um it's it's very important to immune cells healthy dna all that kind of stuff yeah Yeah. when you open up a bottle of like a a sulfur containing supplement you're like whoa 
what is this? That's good stuff. Smells like eggs. It's good. You want that. You want that smell. I know. You want it to be stinky. You know, all of those. Any, any, you know, selenium, all of those have that little like, ooh, funky. Mm -hmm. That funkiness is good, Robson. Yeah. So here you have um, one cup. Well, this is a lot. One cup of bok choy is 64% of your daily value for K. That's a lot. Um, 59% of C and 40% of A in just one cup. That's just one cup. And, it's you know, we always think about the orange or the citrus for vitamin C. And I always try to tell those green veggies, green leafy vegetables, even broccoli, you can get good amounts of vitamin C. Yeah, and, and you don't have to worry about the sugars. Exactly. Right. So this is a great example. 59% of your daily value. I'm really thinking about getting some and grilling. I Are you going to invite me over, Dr. Mike? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I invite myself over. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Let's go into in number three. And, and this is about pets. Our furry friend. I, I don't have. I, listen, I'm, you, we, we've had pet people on before haven't we we've talked about the benefits of pets oh yes our live remember charlie came oh, in charlie, for our Robson, LA live show charlie came and you guys are still mad because i haven't cleaned the couch yet um his, yeah see you don't even, you forgot i look at the dirt on the couch every time i sit on there charlie <laughs> i right, you don't have to convince me pets pets will help you live forever ish that's right very I mean, true. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, even the fact that if you have a dog and you got to walk the dog, unless you hire somebody, Doctor Crystal. No, but, um, never. It, <laughs> but right, really, right there, they just get you out. They make you do things. They they love on you. They're great. Mm -hmm. So we want to keep them healthy. Yes, we do. So whole food nutrition for our pets is in number three. Um, some of that food that that you could buy at the grocery stores. Tell me, that's pretty bad stuff. That I would say the the main thing is they're it's highly processed and it's shelf stable, right? So anything that's shelf stable, they are using the high heat. Yeah, and we know that high heat is destroying. It's, it's killing any it's, any nutrition nutritional value. Exactly, and that's all your dogs. It's dead food. Getting they're not they're not receiving the fresh fruit and vegetables. So even yeah. if we have some canned goods occasionally, yeah. We may pair like baked beans, and we may have a salad with those baked beans. So we're still getting live. You're getting food. some fresh stuff, yeah. So you got to mix it up with them a little bit, I think. Yes, um, and so you just find that uh, many pet food companies use carbohydrates like grains, um, cheaper sources of calories than meat to use as filler. So. Yeah. We know the benefits of eating real food. Why not give them to the pets? Right? They need real food, too. They do. That's why when we're eating, they look at what you're eating. They want what you're eating because it's real food. They're not stupid. They're smart. Animals are yeah. smart. They're looking yeah. at what you're eating. You're like, that's a lot better what you're giving me over here. Right. So then the challenge now is, obviously, the, the most pet foods are designed to be convenient for us, yeah. the pet owners. Uh, and how do we... what? How do we take it to the next level to make sure our pets are as healthy as I we mix are? It up. I mix it up. I don't. I I'm, I I don't know if I'm gonna go ever go to those because there are companies out there now that can they you know the deliver to your home the oh, fresh yes. pet foods mm -hmm. and stuff like that. They're expensive. Let's be honest. They're very expensive. So I just do it myself. 
You do. We, you told me about get, the chicken. Or I get, something. yeah. You, so um, with Charlie, I have I have uh, I have a little bit of a, a dry food that has a lot of good minerals and stuff. It's not you mm-hmm. don't find it in your standard store, and okay. I don't want to brand things right now. But um, it has higher content of minerals and mm-hmm. vitamins. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's some grain in it, and that's not mm-hmm. that's okay. But he doesn't. He gets like a half a cup of that. Um, then he gets about a half a cup of um, some wet. And now the wet, I'm not really doing for the nutritional value. It's just adding some, like, gravy yeah, to it. Yeah, And then he gets um, a chicken breast that I make yeah. for him. And he loves blueberries. <sighs> so sometimes, if I remember, I'll smash some blueberries up in it, too. Charlie's a health nut. He is. Charlie does. Yeah, he is. <laughs> So there's ways to mix it up. Just make sure when it comes to, I mean, you know, make sure you're not giving them something they can't have. You know, like grapes are supposed to not be good for them. But I just think you mix it up. Some carrots. Yeah. Dogs love to chew on carrots. Oh, my Winston loves carrots. Yeah. That's my dog. Yeah. Witty. <laughs> so, yeah, I, what do you do? Like, do you do, do you belong to one of those clubs now where they send you a we, bunch of food on We them? don't, but we do buy high-end dog food. So yeah. we and then we mix it with we we have these packets and we mix part dry, part wet. Yeah. So he gets the gravy and everything. Um and then we also give him probiotic, fish oil, um, and currently PEA to yeah. help with inflammation. That, yeah. So he's getting well, he's that. Older. He's older. He's how old is Winston? He's 13. He's Yeah, so Charlie's two and a half. Um, Charlie does get a multi, but I think, you know, maybe in a couple of years I'll start adding some things like I think the fish oil is a good right. one to start with. Yes, and, and so we do the freeze-dried um, – not pumpkin, sweet potato. So we give him that for a snack, and he likes carrots for mm-hmm. a snack. And he's currently, he's into uh, dried pineapple. Really, that's that's good. <laughs> that's a little so odd. That's Winston's for a dog. diet. That's really good though. But that's so the key thing. You got to get some freshness in there. Yes. You know, we're not saying you got to spend all that money and it has to be perfectly fresh all the time. Mm-hmm. You and I mix it up a little bit. There's some fresh stuff in it. I think that's really the key stuff. So that's what in number three is. That's, you know, hey, keep your pets healthy. They're going to keep you healthy. All right. Out. This is what you don't want. Three ins and an out. What you don't want is acne. Right. And it's more than just um, a visual thing. It's more than just aesthetics. Yeah. Acne is there's an inflammatory response that is going on. And uh, there's a study reported during the European Academy of Dermatology and Venerology <laughs> Spring Symposium. <laughs> that was hard to say. Uh, and it suggests a protective role for omega-3 fats against acne. And we have some quotes from um, one of the, the lead author for the report for the report and Mm -hmm. she's just highlighting the role of nutrition Uh, nutrition plays a pivotal role in the prevention onset and course of many diseases including diseases related to dermatology such as acne yeah i have you know i i haven't looked at this in a while but i always felt obviously i I think it's it's a different pathology for an adolescent versus an adult Mm-hmm. I think in adolescence, yes, there's inflammation, obviously, but I think it's also a little more hormonal, um, obviously bacterial and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But I think when I see adults, especially women that have acne problems, you know what I often find also? Autoimmune disorders. Really? There's, a, there's, a con- there's something going on between 
ex- excessive inflammation, autoimmune, mm-hmm. that sometimes for some women, I don't know why, but women, mm-hmm. um, translates as just acne that they can never get rid of. Well, you would, I guess you could I, you know, somehow listen, it, think about the inflammation and what's happening. Well, it's, it's one of those things if you're practicing, and if we, I'm sure we have some practitioners, and you're, you're dealing with a 40-year-old woman who has maybe some joint issues and acne and they just can't be treated, what's going on? You might think autoimmune. You might think, is something else driving all mm-hmm. this, right? Because I mm. do think the pathology changes. Wow. Well, you know, when you look at what's happening with omega-3s, some of the study results that the researcher presented at this conference or this symposium, the study revealed that 94% of 100 acne patients whose blood samples were analyzed for omega-3 fats had levels lower than the recommended concentrations. Yeah. Uh, so we do see, um, you know, also higher omega-3 fatty acid levels were found among people who regularly consume legumes and those who supplement it with omega-3 fatty acids. So, yeah. and, and that was nice that they, uh, in this analysis, it was more than just, again, survey, which you see that a lot with nutrition research. They measured omega-3s That's in key. the red blood cells. Yeah, yeah. You can't, it, sur- surveys are just flawed. I mean, they're good. They give some information, but you should never draw an absolute conclusion on a survey. No, you can't yeah. because I can't remember what I had to eat <laughs> yesterday. And sometimes the, you're asking people to remember. Well, and, and people lie. Let's That's just true. let's just be honest. You you know you're 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 doing a vitamin and supplement survey, and you're going up to someone, and they automatically they're going to want to be defensive and 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 act like they're healthy and tell you, yeah, well, I, I I take vitamins. So a bunch of people are put into the vitamin group who actually never take vitamins. Or the, the, maybe they t- they bought the, the vitamins. They have it in oh, the it's pantry. it's still there, and they count that as taking it. <laughs> anyway, so that's good that they actually measured these levels yes. and showed. And I also think it's good that they mentioned supplementation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, getting getting enough omegas through you know the plant side your your seeds nuts stuff like that mm-hmm. on the animal side the fish and stuff it's it's hard to really get a lot i mean yeah. you you that would have to consume most of your diet if you're going to boost up your omega levels right? right so supplementation i think is key yes i agree it's uh and and supplementation what does that look like 2 to 4 grams wait that's not what you tell me <laughs> I, you know what I take, and you say I'm not doing it right. Because you, but you only take two grams. I, I prefer. You just said two to four, and be- now, but then when I tell her I take two, it's not enough. Because I know you, and so I can tailor it for you. So you, you know me, and you think I need a lot more. She thinks I looked, in, I look inflamed, Robson. <laughs> I did not say that. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, that's. Um, I, I love this kind of stuff. Yeah, I let you know. You know, living forever is stronger, healthy. Yes, longer, but good, good yeah. lives. You know, and uh, we talk about a lot of things, and these these shows just kind of summarize some of the great stuff that's out there. So there's your three ins yeah. and in out. I want to thank everyone for listening to Live Foreverish. Don't forget, you can go to liveforeverish.com. How many podcasts do we have now? Oh, hundreds, I, hundreds, Dr. and Ray. hundreds, and yeah, I don't even know the number. Yeah, it's a lot, <laughs> and we cover a lot of stuff. LiveForeverish.com. When you download a um, an episode, go ahead and like, share, comment, and subscribe so you never 
miss a show. By the way, we revamped our Live Foreverish page. Remember this? Yes. So when you go to Live Foreverish, there's two things you should do. Yep, the one-two. One-two punch. Mm -hmm. One, put your email in so that way we can keep you up to date on a lot of good stuff going on. And then number two, you click which you know, the the service you like to listen to podcasts, so you yes. subscribe. So you connect with us and you connect with your subscriber. That's right. It's the one-two punch at liveforeverish.com. I'm Dr. Mike. Thanks for listening.